You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. We are venturing to 1998 today to discuss the moat cassette, Taste Die Mad on Spite. Uh, if you haven't listened to our episode talking to the brain behind Spite, Joel St. Germain, please uh, check that one out. I'll link it in mm-hmm. the description here. And I, moat, is that how you say it? That's how I've always, it's just moat. That's how I've said it. I've heard many people say moti. Okay, or, well. Or mote. Uh, I've always said moat. Tara, can you go ahead and let everyone know what the word is? So if you translate the word moat to Japanese, it is mote. So I, I think that you could say moat or mote, whatever you prefer. Uh, and I first came across this word reading Clive Barker. Uh, my word list that I started where every time I read a word or see a word that I don't know, I start writing them down. This started when I was rereading lots of Clive Barker and I realized he has such an extensive vocabulary. And I remember exactly that I read it in The Great and Secret Show. And it means a tiny speck of dust, a scintilla. Also learned that word from The Great and Secret Show. Which we've speculated is the asterisk in the name is a speck of dust. Yeah, the little dot in the middle would be, yeah, it's just a little tiny, something small. It can be floating in the air. A a tiny, tiny speck is a moat. 100% our speculation. I love it. This is, this is how I'm, first Mm -hmm. off, I'm calling it Mote from now on. And I Uh, (laughs) am, uh, that is, I, I, yes, I believe you. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I'm going okay. to try then to do mote if that's the correct Japanese pronunciation. Yeah, I, we might mess that up. Going back and forth, mote. it will happen. I can even write it in Japanese. It's actually pretty simple. Here you go. There we go. Well, mote. We were actually in the same year as last episode, intensive care, 1998, yeah. and we thought this would be a cool follow up, staying in the pure noise zone, but. Before we get into this great tape, Gray, what have you been listening to? A lot of stuff. Let's start with uh, an oldie but a goodie, Bad Jack by Intrinsic Action. Nice. nice. Was in the mood for some nasty stuff, and this fits the bill. And I had, it had been a while since I listened to this. I can't remember exactly when it got reissued, but I know that uh, we were all just listening to Intrinsic Action a lot back then. Yeah. When, they were doing all the CD reissues, and there's a lot here. There's the studio version of Bad Jack. There are two 23, 24-minute uh, source control tracks, two live versions of Bad Jack, one which is nine minutes, one which is three minutes, and then a five-minute mix of the source control stuff. So it's a 72-minute disc, and it's low-key vocals. Ba- bass guitar, I have to... Imagine or assume it sounds so, yeah. so there's there's such a tone of bass guitar, but it's used in that nice noise industrial way. So yeah, I I it had been a minute and I've been really excited to kind of go back through a lot of the intrinsic action stuff. So I started pulling out the CDs. Classic. All of which I think are still available. So check them out. I'll link to the uh intrinsic action band camp. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple of cassettes that I had been after for a minute, which was the Pharaoh Mortem Decombination Split cassette. 
and the decombination cassette uh, on both on endangered species. The ferromortem tape is called a uh, parti mobile, I think, and the decombination cassette is Libra Mooster. And I like decombination stuff. It reminds me a lot of uh, La Jardin de la Princesse or something in that vein. And uh, ferromortem is American postmortem industrial noise. Wouldn't be out of place on you know field work or something like that. Uh, two nice tapes. I actually listened to the split twice, just threw it right on again after listening to it. And I, I couldn't get out of the Atrax Morgue Zone leaving October so easily, so closed exit on Nail went on. And I'm such a big fan of that one. Love that one. It's a standout. Yes, it is. And... The last thing on my list here is the Necromantic soundtrack by Herman Kopp. Uh, Herman Kopp just had a new release come out, which I think is also for some film stuff on Galactoro. So just kind of anticipating that uh, called the Noir Hollywood, I believe is one word. His just tortured, miserable violin works are some of my favorite things. And I enjoy, I think I've mentioned him, you know, years ago on the podcast. Now Mm -hmm. his solo records are fantastic. And I love his sense of composition. They are noisy and dissonant and sad and miserable, somber affairs that are just very nicely constructed. Connelly's what have you been listening to? Well, we have been listening to a recent kindritic sound release. The most recent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sound release inferior passions great c20 the patrician yes, yes. especially we really took to side two with the synth bass bed if you will not a project we were familiar with though you said you released another thing as well I did a cassette some years ago by them, yeah, called Any Day. And on the same paper or similar paper, I believe, as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Justin Lakes from Shredded Nerve and Matt Betke of Scant, together as Thousands of Dead Gods and uh, I think a couple other projects. And this one, they're joined by uh, Nate Powell, who does Plowshare. And it's different than what I would expect, uh, which is great to me. I, I always like to get something that is by people who know what they're doing, but is different than what I would expect them to be doing. And that's, that's mm-hmm. exciting. I'm with you. I would say it was a pleasant surprise from a project that obviously existed, but it was our first introduction really to it. So we're going to have to look for your previous release. Now, if you were a patron and heard the seven inch episode on Sunday, you may know of Tara's situation as far as possibly being a juror. This is continuing. It's still a possibility. I have had three eight hour days of waiting to find out if I'm going to be a juror in a six week long trial. Yes. So that is the big kicker is that sometimes you get on jury duty, the two-day thing, a three-day thing, no big deal, maybe a week. This goes into the winter. And Tara, 
what would you say your disposition towards the possibility of uh, being a juror you know, is? Uh, it's not it's not high up on my list of once this winter. I feel like my fall has been completely hijacked from being sick in the week of uh, Halloween and then immediately going into a week of jury duty only to spend 24 hours sitting in a room waiting to find out whether or not I'm going to be on that jury. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a wild turn of events. I'll say that. Would you say you've been <laughs> held hostage? I do feel like I have been held hostage a hundred percent. I had a really amazing existential crisis today. I was sitting in a hallway for about two hours in silence with, with a bunch of strangers sitting on cold marble and, the only thing to look at in the hallway was this quarter that was just sitting in the center of the hallway. And there were 56 people staring at the walls and this one quarter. And immediately I love picking things up off the ground. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go pick up a quarter. That's a quarter. That's a good get. Yay. I love like shiny objects and finding things on the ground. I wanted to see where I was from, found one from Nicaragua when we were in Las Vegas when you have 56 people all staring at the same point on the floor with no other form of entertainment, you don't want to be the jerk who runs over and snatches it up. So I was like, Oh my God, what do they think of me? If I grab the quarter, do we all want to grab the quarter? Will I deprive people of their only source of joy? If I pick up the quarter now, like was everybody thinking about the quarter? What, why was the quarter situated there? Like it became this whole thing in my head where I was just staring at it. And then a man walked over and stood next to it and put his heel on it. And I got really excited and we all kind of looked at each other like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. He didn't. He just kind of kicked it down the hall a little bit. And uh, that was the highlight of my day. This sounds like a Bella Tar movie. <laughs> really? It was so bleak. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because I was seated on the floor, I thought I could just be really discreet when everybody started walking away. So when people started walking, I slowly kind of scoot crawled over and I snatched up the quarter. It was a 2013 Ohio quarter commemorating the victory at Perrysburg. I looked at that quarter for another two hours after that. But because <laughs> of this situation you're in, you proclaimed on the seven inch episode and it is it has continued into real life. Yes. That you are in the mood for pure noise. I only want to hear harsh noise. Yeah. So what did we throw on to help that brain of yours, Tara? Uh, we hit we hit a lot of Merzbow. We, we did we Toro Machine. Yep. Uh, what else did we listen Paul to? Steeman, Paul Steeman, which was, of I course. Think, the that request. was my first request. That was the yeah. request, as well as the new Noise Matrix. Oh, yeah. Bonus. Very excited about that. Very excited about the... Shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The <laughs> bonus material on the recent noise embryo reissue on hospital. The noise matrix stuff is incredible. Yeah. That hits it's a spot. true find and a true treasure. And I needed something with a little a little more punch, a little bite. So then we threw on Raging October. Great. New, Very dark. Oh, man. Nearly what violent. What a great name. Raging October. <laughs> also, what great imagery, too. Oh, Candles, the cover bats, for that one's pumpkins. absurd. Oh my god, it's so good. Halloween I love it. is my religion. Ugh, that, track that, title that was really nice. And a track, not only a track title, a statement of intent. <laughs> 
And also in that new roundup is the Garden Watcher, another new project. That's yes. that's a great one because that had a lot of highs, high end. Yeah, I like I like the stabbing highs. Yeah, I I would like to hear some third organ later, possibly. I think it all fits. So maybe that'll be coming up after this. But I also think that today's album fits your zone perfectly. Yeah, Mr. Fumiyuki Nagura. He's real good at the noise. He's great at noise. But before we talk about his greatness, a quick word from our sponsor. Oxidation started as an archival label to renew interest in older CDR noise releases. More recently, Oxidation has released CDs by Molest, PBK and Modelbau, SR Meixner, and Batong. Some releases focus on special packaging, such as Zoicum's Aural Purgatory, packaged in old fence parts and hardware cloth. Check out everything available at oxidation.bandcamp.com or oxidationlabel.bigcartel.com. Use code NOISEXTRA for 10% off. Taste. Die. Mad. Moat's got some good titles out there. They're strange and unique to his noise, I feel. And this one... Gives us all that. Uh, originally a cassette on Spite, 1998, reissued by Industrial Recollections a few years ago. There is a CD out there you can find of this, and I think you got to do it. And you'll probably think that too when you finish listening to this episode, because this is a wow. I I'd listened to this before. I put it on loud today. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I was really in the mood for what. Mote had to offer this excellent grinding live and flowing noise from second one. Yeah. Acid voice. And the the first track five minutes and 15 seconds, dense broken electronic whirring and the stereo action is so nice. It really moves across the stereo field. A lot of panning. And a lot of movement, and that is something that I think we see through this entire release, is this sense of propulsion and progress and movement. Even when it's within a static, almost wall-sounding piece, that's paired with something else, and there's always a drive forward. There's always something that feels active about it. But halfway through this piece, there's there's vocals or voice being processed and i'm not sure if that is mote or if that is a a source or something he's playing but it almost it almost feels like power electronics at a point like if this was on death pile na plus ultra it i wouldn't be surprised although there aren't any vocals on that record these are very buried mm-hmm. but they also have this frantic sound and it it's really powerful it's a perfect way to open this release yeah the buried vocals made me think of being buried alive this is the sound of decay it's hot electricity and you can really feel that that searing heat and such a wonderful crumble and while we were listening mike made the point of saying that he thought that this sounded like some really good live richard ramirez yeah, there's something about Mote that feels like American noise mm-hmm. in a way. It's not the violent live 
cuts of pain jerk or Merzbau or third organ. And it also doesn't feel synth based like a third organ or like some government alpha stuff that you feel those synth Mm -hmm. type sounds. It has this flowing live noise that I do associate with Ramirez. I associate with deadline. It has this in the moment flow that brings me to stuff I would consider more in the American side of things. Yeah. I, I can agree with a deadline comparison. I think that's really spot on and it's not the sort of excess of, you know, like last week's episode, Macronympha or something in that style of American noise. This is far more a piece. It's not cut up. It's not a ton of different sources. It's a setup that is pushed to its limits. And that keeps me really engaged because all the sounds morph from one another. And in some of these later tracks, you can even sort of hear where like an element disappears only to come back in mm-hmm. different. And I really like that. You, 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 if it powers down a bit or something pulls out and you're left and you can actually pick out more detail in the sounds that are happening, which I always love when you're like, I didn't realize that was, that was doing that, but it has, it's obviously been doing it this entire time. It was just obscured by these other sounds. And then it's almost like you can tell that he has changed the settings and brought something back in, but in in a good way, it's not detrimental at all to the noise. It doesn't feel like a reset. It feels like part of the composition. Yeah. They have a manual transmission on all these tracks. Yes. That's, that is a a great way to think of it actually. Yes. Uh, There's a few things where I kind of picked out not techniques, but, uh, like, well, on, on the final track, we'll talk about it because there's a piece of gear that I hear used that I, I, I think this is all supposition, of course, but mm-hmm. that I really like and I think uh, should get used more in noise. And it also has that, you know, we've talked about the the fast tumbling blaze, right? The right. Uh, mm-hmm. In the context of, of Alb, of course, as a title of one of his records, but... Uh, like on track two, gap in the gap, which also is like, what? What is that title? It's great. Is that a haters tribute? Uh, That's what I, said. Is this a tribute to Bind the Gap? Thought yeah. <laughs> the same thing. Why not? But this is like full tumbling garbage, and then there's this sort of wild static bursts and God, classic spitting distortion. The noise is pouring forth, and again we notice propulsion and movement and motion and then around the halfway mark maybe the five minute mark it opens up and there's this kind of beeping and it it gets really i I felt like it was over before i could even properly enjoy it this one ended too fast at eight and a half minutes somehow (laughs) but it it, I wrote so zoned in my notes because I was just enjoying and then it ended and I was like that. No, that could give me 60 minutes of that. That's what I need right now. 60 minutes of that. And guess what? Well, I'll let the Connellys talk about track two before I talk about track three. Well, you got a lot of minutes. <laughs> well, OK, listen, on track two, somehow a little red dot appeared in the middle of my note sheet and I don't know where it came from. So I just thought it was like a moat. Was Connolly trying to poke holes in another incapacitance tape? Oh, <laughs> it might be. Maybe, maybe, maybe a drip from the incapacitance tape got off on my note sheet. But 
this whole thing is just absolute erosion. Like it, it starts and it just decays. It crumbles. It rumbles. It erodes. You get highs. You get lows. And, and I think you're right, Mike, about the flowing. The movement is just so satisfying because once you think you've topped out, he brings it down. Gray put it perfectly. There's these points where he pulls it away. And Tara mm-hmm. and I were picking up on that a lot while we were listening to this. There's these great moments of pulling away and you see what's happening. And it's this these great beds that you want to explore. But then he piles things back on. And again, it, 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 it this certainly to me feels live. And while... Gray could maybe point out some of the possible equipment, possible techniques. This was something that I necess- didn't necessarily have a gauge on as um, other than its pedals mm-hmm. and he's physically manipulating them yeah. in real time. But I don't really have a gauge of what it is. But also, this is the type of noise to me that when you let yourself go into it, kind of like you're saying, Gray, you could have let this track go for an hour. You just want to let it continually wash over you and your mind goes to all these different places. Much like Joe was saying in his letter on last week's episode, noise can take you on this journey if you let it in. And this, I think this release does that if you just let it go, you're going to go on this great noise journey. Now I can talk about track three, but yes, I, I agree. This is one hell of a journey and the, let's get distended the flow, the movement. And the first thing I noticed in this one, and and maybe it's just after being fed these last two tracks, this, you know, almost 14 minutes of excellent noise is this is, this is pure form. This is what we've had in the previous two tracks distilled down. It is fuzzy and frantic and also constantly moving. And the, the crumble and the grit and the fuzz that's happening in this noise is uh, addicting. It's, I, I want to hear it again right now. I, the textures of this noise are exactly what I'm looking for. This is the sort of sound that I really gravitate towards and the depth and the manipulation. And it also, he sets these tracks up in almost a simple manner. It feels like where we're talking about being able to pull an element out and bring something else in. There's sort of a constant heavy or crumbly, nasty sound and that's going and that changes maybe a bit. And there's like a mid range thing that is maybe on this track, it's blasting and there's this like kind of whining tone, this, it starts to get a little more atmospheric here almost and not in an ambient sense, but like a pressure shift in the noise for this track distension and the next track white donor until it becomes these just almost punishing sheets of noise. Like, like, uh, you know, a rainstorm with the wind just whipping sheets of rain at you. And this is that in noise form. It's the punishing sheets of noise cutting in and out and whipping around. Yeah, I was really excited about the crumbles. And I noticed you said crumbles many times. And I think that they were very crispy crumbles. Like it was crumbling apart, but the texture of that was just so very, very nice. 
in my head, I had this like image of a mole just burrowing underground because, you know, sometimes when you mic that tunneling sound, it, it sounds like that decay. And then it just shoots on a rocket into space, into the moon and just blows right out of the ground. And then you spend the last part of the track in space. Hey, I think that's a perfect way to spend it. Because again, like I was saying, you really lose yourself and sure, you lose yourself and just fly away. You you lose yourself and you can stay in yourself. You lose yourself or you can go to the outer limits. It's the essence of noise mm-hmm. in so many ways. It just has that, just that excitement. I was thinking about the excitement that Joel must have gotten when he got this master mm-hmm. because... 98 things are so much good stuff has come out and you get something like this and it's just this solid in the pocket noise and you know joel did a a tape with mote rest stop entrapment which is one of my favorites and most treasured releases that i believe i got from joel way back when i can't imagine finding that somewhere else but i've had it for 20 some years and very exciting, but you know, he was excited when he got this master because he packaged it on tinfoil with art yes. onto it. And that <laughs> seems to take a special level of dedication, a tinfoil J card. Now I have always pronounced th- this title in my mind. It's a play on a term. Because I have always said tasty mad. Like like tasty made. I say tasty made. Like in my head, I, in my I always mind, thought it's a, it was it's tasty a weird made. Play on which is a which is a thing, right? Well, I had to look up tasty made to see. In my I don't mind, know it's if like it's tasty a modern made, it's thing or not, but it is like a modern it, to me, it sounds like, like food thing. Right. It sounds like a food thing, like tasty yeah. made. I don't know if that's real. Like ready made. What are you guys talking so like, about? That's what I've always taste die that, mad in my head. I've that's what it's always been. Taste die mad. I, I say tasty made in my head. Yeah, it's I've always said it in this weird way in my head because taste die mad is I, a strange term. Did you see that I wrote tasty made on there? I didn't. You said that's so funny. That's how I say it. Be, because it's just three strange words together. That I've always said them in this weird way. I don't know why. Isn't it exciting, Gray? When Mike and I are crazy in the same way and then you have to deal with it i expect you to be crazy in the same way after, <laughs> after all these years of friendship and, and knowing you guys yeah that's expected <laughs> so i don't know why i say that yeah i i, I feel the same way very strange i have hey. never thought of it that way i always think it's an awkward cumbersome title even though it's so i think my brain tried words. to make it my that's brain tried to make too. it a term I understand that. You know what else I understand? What do you understand, Gray? How much I love White Donor. Mm -hmm. The 20-minute sprawling track that, man, I really just, again, I just let myself go with this track. I just close my eyes and let it, let it happen. That continual pulse that pushes and pulls, it 
it comes in at like the three minute, 20 second mark, and then it just stays. And sometimes you can hear it and sometimes you can't. And it's always that high pulsating beam. And then you get this swirling chaos and lunatic winds and various phantasmagoria that are captured in sonically. This is a wild track. Uh, Mike and I had a really fun time listening to this. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the the background sort of high ringing that's going on throughout it is really entrancing. And this is where I, I noted that I, this felt a little toned down. This felt dialed back a bit in terms of the overall assault. It's It's less in your face and it becomes more about, again, atmospheric pressure, about pushing this sound around. And also I found it to be a very a corrosive sounding track. You know, you talk about crispy, but this and, and eroded, but that's sort of the meeting point of the two of those for me is the good corrosive noise. Yeah, this is like decaying metal. And the the whipping noise you reference or the the winds and the that that kind of had that whipping quality. And to me that was when I was like, oh, that sounds like and especially I mean it could be any model, but I have this old uh, DOD envelope filter. I think they sell it now under the name Synthwa, but anyone who knows what I'm talking about, they're those green DOD pedals. They used to have just two knobs. And it's a fantastic way to get a synth tone and, and like resonant filter sounds into your noise without using a synth or sort of a dedicated, you know, Sherman filter bank or a Electrics Filter Queen or Filter Factory or a Frostwave Resonator or anything along those lines. This is a very simple thing where you can then get that those sort of tones and it, it because it's an envelope filter, it follows whatever you're running into it. So it will shift based on your input. So if you've got it hooked up to a contact mic, you can really play that thing and get it to generate lots of strange sounds. And I heard that in this, in the, in the tone of the noise. And then it just kind of shuts down around the eight, eight minute mark and the the background stays the tumbling static and that that bass is there and i didn't i didn't notice earlier the sort of fluttering bass i noticed a bass presence but then around the halfway point you just get that it's like there's a there's a real modulation to it and then there's this gristle that sort of returns and again this is where we hear maybe the dialing back and the changing of the setup to bring in a new element while you still have these elements going and more detail revealed in those elements. And as this one progresses toward its end, I, I love it more and more. Like the second this was done, I wanted more, but I had to come here and, and discuss it. So I'm going to listen you, to it when we're done. <laughs> well, you get more because Mote is recording again. He took a brief hiatus from 2000 to 2009 and then came back at it and is still active. And that is awesome. His picture disc from last year was on one of my favorites of last year. Mm-hmm. The one on Dada Drumming, An Idle Complaint. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. great one. And there's been some new stuff this year. Actually haven't had a chance to check it out, but I know there's been a couple new things this year as well as some stuff from last year that I hadn't had a chance to check out. I think there's a... It's either a split or a collab with Worth that I would certainly like to check out. Well, maybe out I can I'm... listen to that for eight hours tomorrow and get some discreet yeah, earbuds, yeah. let my hair you down, put it in. Listen They'll to, never know. Listen to it and let us know. But I'm 
pretty psyched on Worth right now, so I really do want to check out that mm-hmm. tape. Again, I'm not sure if it's... I, I actually don't know if it's a collab or a split. But that, I believe, came out either last year or this year. Just giving you a lot of maybes and but and possibilities right now. Giving you some homework. Giving well, you, yeah, giving everyone <laughs> some homework right now. Worth's label also reissued Mote's stash, which was originally on Solipsism. So you can get that from uh, Prozanagi. Prozanag. I don't know how to say his label name also, but I've been uh, getting some stuff from him lately and just in, in love. In fact, I'm surprised I didn't mention Worth in my recent listening because I have been recently listening to Worth. Do you know that he came with his friends when they were either like between four, they, I don't think they could drive. So they were under 16 mm-hmm. to see hair police, parent and kites in like Boulder in or Denver, Denver in a back yard of a trailer. Nice. That, and we were so excited about them and thought it was so great that they were so young and excited. And it's so great that he's still going and I think doing the best stuff he's done. So yeah, I think it's really exciting. I think he's a, it's a really exciting project. Yeah. Unique, uh, which is one of those things I really look for these days in contemporary stuff is just something that has a voice that is not, uh, doesn't feel like it's playing a genre, but feels like it's just making his own sound. I totally agree. I think worth and I think star Mm -hmm. both fall into those categories of very dynamic and question mark, some question marks, Mm -hmm. some excitement, unique take, Two projects I'm definitely excited about. Such interesting people as pedals. People as pedals, which is always so great. Hey, Mote, what a great human pedal sending his noise through him into whatever pedals he's using. Grace speculated on some. I, I didn't even look. I saw a few pictures of his setup. There's not really interviews with him, but... Great, I should have forwarded him on and uh, see if you could check I it mean, out. I mean, you know what? Oh, Mike's looking Why right are now. We, this is so ridiculous. Why are we speculating? Right There's there. a picture of him in the reissue CD with the setup. We don't even need to speculate. Great, I see, I mean, I see multiple DOD pedals. Oh, yeah. And I think I see the one you're talking about, Gray. Right here, I'm holding it up to the screen. Is the one, is that there? Is that the envelope pedal that you're talking about? The you said it was like blue or green. It's green. Yeah. I think it's that. I don't have my CD in front of me right now, so I'm looking at the screen. It's in the other room. I think it's okay, that. Okay, wait, Gray. Here, I'm going to send you one. But that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, dude, that's totally it. I see it. I see it right here. That's, I'm looking. Yeah, that's totally it. Uh, so there it. you go. So, you know, hey, look, sometimes I'm... the answers are as simple as just looking down. Uh, you find your quarter. You find your quarter. You hang on to it. You look down and you, <laughs> you enjoy see it. <laughs> what is being used? And Mote, what a fantastic release. Pretty much anything you pick up is going to be great. There's been a lot of great reissues. So if you can get your hands on an original, of course, you're going to be even more excited. But however you can pick up Mote's material, I think is worth it. Would you guys agree? 100%. Yes. Well, also, full disclosure, we're pulling back all the curtains for everybody. 
We have not discussed what is going to be on the extra segment over on the Patreon, but I know what it's going to be. I came up with the idea. You did? Yeah. What if we all have a different idea and then we each try to talk about our own idea? Well, I'm going to ask Gray about lathe cutting. Oh, Uh-oh. that's a great and idea. That's some, better than mine. I have okay, some. Let's do that. Questions as well as want to hear him discuss some techniques because I know he's been doing that. I was going to discuss U.S. mints. Well, Just kidding. Not really. So we're going to pop over on the Patreon and Gray's going to talk a little about lathe cutting. I'm going to ask him some questions about some techniques and about how he does things because Gray is the guy, the man. Oh, don't go advertising for me. Well, <laughs> I just did. Not accepting. Can we patience. advertise for Mote Taste Die Mad? Yes. Get, All get right. this. Well, we just did. So, hey, thank you so much. If you need a journey propelled by noise, throw this on. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.